The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Father, we thank you. You are unchangeable. You are unshakable. You are undefeatable. That's who you are. That's who you are. You don't need our credentials, our certification, our praise to be God. You are God all by yourself. You are God all by yourself. In the good times, in the bad times, regardless of the season, you are God. We worship and honor you today, Father. In every life present in this place today, and in every life that is joining us over the internet, do that which eyes have not seen, that which ears have not heard, that which has not even begun to enter into the heart of man, and let the name of Jesus be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' unfailing name, we are prayed. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you. Praise the name of the Lord. Um, today, we are in part three of this series stand tall stand tall and you know it is so amazing how powerful the word of god is personally i've heard amazing testimonies and i'm practically just saying this can only be god you know and i'm pretty excited at what god is doing Totally excited. And today, we are going deeper, as it were, into the series. The series is, 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 is going to end next week, by God's grace. We are going deeper into the series. And by the time we are done today, everything that is still outstanding, that is left, that is holding you back, will have lost their grip in the mighty name of Jesus. You're going to stand tall, shoulder high, in every phase of your life. You're going to stand tall in your industry. You're going to stand tall in this nation, Nigeria. You're going to stand tall in your families. You're going to stand tall in your life, in the mighty name of Jesus. Our text is from Joshua chapter 7. We read from verse 2 to 13. It's going to be on the screen. So you can follow along if your, the translation of your Bible is significantly different. Joshua chapter 7 from verse 2 to 13. It says, Joshua sent some men, some of his men from Jericho, to spy out the town of Ai, east of Bethel, near Beth-Avon. When they returned, they told 
Joshua, there is no need for all of us to go up there. Now, let me pause there. Let me just give you a, a quick background. Israel has been on a journey. Israel had come through Jordan. Israel had defeated Jericho. They, they are taking their promised land. And now they are facing a town or a city called Ai. So that this story can make sense. You know, it's easy to assume everybody in church knows the stories. No, 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 no. I said pause. Please, can you put it back up? So these stories can make sense. So they, they, they came back and they said to Joshua, there is no need for all of us to go up to Ai. It won't take more than two or three thousand men to attack Ai. Since there are so few of them, even though they didn't say it, and we are so skillful. Don't make all our people struggle to go up there. So approximately 3,000 warriors were sent. But they were soundly defeated. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries and they killed about 36 who were retreating down the slope. The Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events and their courage melted away. Joshua and the elders of Israel tore their clothing in dismay threw dust on their heads and bowed their face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord until evening. Then Joshua cried out, O sovereign Lord, why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you are going to let the Amorites kill us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side. Lord, what can I say now that Israel has fled from its enemies? For when the Canaanites and all the people living in the land hear about it, they will surround us and wipe our name off the face of the earth. And then what will happen to the honor of your great name? But the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Everyone say, get up. <laughs> get up. Why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen some of the things that I commanded that must be set apart for me. And they have not only stolen them, but have lied about it and hidden the things among their own belongings. That is why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand tall, if you will, before their enemies. 
But now, Israel itself has been set apart for destruction. I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things amongst you that were set apart for destruction. Get up. Everybody say, get up. Get up. Command the people to purify themselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Eating among you, O Israel, are things set apart for the Lord. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. The Lord bless the reading and the understanding of his words in the mighty name of Jesus. This is a strong word. It's a powerful word. But it's the word to do us good. To ensure that we have no defeat in any area of our lives. Praise the name of the Lord. For starters, if you look at verse 2, the word of God says that Joshua sent some of the men from Jericho to spy the town of Ai, east of Bethel, near beth Avon. When they returned, they told Joshua, there is no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two or three thousand to attack Ai, since there are so few of them. Don't make all our people struggle to go up. Now, if you understand that Israel practically originated the the um, system of spying in recorded history. Israel is the first nation on earth that deployed military intelligence of, of spying. And the idea came from God. He sent to Moses, remember the story. In fact, till today, the Israeli intelligence arguably is the, is, is the best in the world. Intelligence is crucial in waging war. Totally crucial. And you see, and that's one thing you understand about God. God will still ask you to do the due diligence. Go and do the due diligence. Spy the land. And as a leader, Joshua had to delegate that responsibility of spying to the spies to come back and give him a feedback. But the crucial thing here is that as a leader, because, you know, I've said it time and time again, you are all leaders. You are leading in your homes, in your businesses, in your professions. You are leading in this nation. Say amen. <laughs> you are leaders. But as as a leader, you are responsible. You must understand that. As a leader, you are responsible. You cannot hide under delegation. You should delegate. But at the end of the day, you are responsible. The box stops with you. If 
your organization or your nation or your family is going to rise or fall is going to be your responsibility. Not the responsibility of the spies. Praise the name of the Lord. Why am I saying this? Obviously, it's, it's a powerful, powerful lesson there because I've seen a lot of leaders. I don't want to talk political leaders, but I've seen a lot of leaders that blame delegation for failure of the state or failure of their business. Oh, you know, as a leader, I can't do everything. I have to allow people to do it. But you are responsible for the outcome. You are responsible for the outcome. Praise the name of the Lord. And you have to understand the weight of that responsibility. Everyone say, I am a leader and I am responsible. Craig Groeschel um, says this, and it's so powerful. He says, when you delegate tasks, you create followers. When you delegate authority, you create leaders. So powerful. When you delegate tasks, you create what? Followers. But when you delegate authority, you create what? Leaders. So, Joshua delegated authority. He said to the spies, go and spy the land. That that is awesome, awesome authority. He didn't break the task down to them. He didn't say this is the first step you do, then the second step, then you take the third step. He didn't do that. Go and spy the land. But even though he didn't do that, the result of the spy is still Joshua's responsibility. Don't wreck your business. Don't wreck your marriage. Don't wreck your life. It is your call. I must say it is my call. You see, but once the spy have, spies have submitted their report, their job is finished. Their job is finished. Then it is the leader's call to determine what happens next. It is the leader's call to determine what happens next. And you see, unfortunately, a lot of the spies are, are like, you know, Aetophel. You know Aetophel? Okay, let me not assume we, we know Aetophel. Aetophel was a fantastic counselor. It was, the Bible says that when he spoke, it was like God has spoken. And he was David's counselor. Then he became Absalom's counselor. I hope I'm correct by the scholars. He became Absalom's counselor. And Aitofel gave counsel. Every other person gave counsel. Aitofel gave counsel. And the king did not take Aitofel's counsel. You know what Aitofel did next? It will shock you what he did. You know what he did? You have given counsel. But God did not take your counsel. Is that your problem? That can be, you finished your job. Your job is to spy the land. Give the counsel. That's your job. The king didn't take the counsel. Guess what Aitofel did? He hung himself. 
he went, because he was so filled with pride. A whole me. Giving counsel. And they did not listen. A whole Aito fell. I was there, Aito. <laughs> As a leader, you are going to encounter a lot of Aito fell. I can have encountered a couple. Now, after they've given their counsel, they want to determine the outcome. You can't determine the outcome. The spies said, this is the land. We don't need to send everybody. There are so few. We are so skillful. Just send 3,000. And Joshua made a huge error. Huge, huge error. And just went ahead with it. Every leader must learn to stop and inquire of the Lord. Every leader must learn to stop. You have heard, but stop and ask. Which is why David, you know, don't you just love David? David was miles ahead of all of these guys. David would stop and inquire of the Lord. There was a time they wanted to take a city. They had found out everything about that city. And, but David was more skillful than Joshua in warfare. In fact, David was the most skillful king. But he never let his skill get to his head. David always stopped and checked. Should I go up? Will you give this city to me? How should I go up? Should I go up like this? Or should I go up like that? A lot of businesses are in turmoil today because the leaders have taken the convenient route the lazy route of abdicating, abdicating responsibility in the name of delegation. It sounds very nice. Very, very nice. But it's foolishness. You need to step back and take control. Everyone say, I need to step back and take control. David didn't make that. In fact, by the time you get to chapter 8, verse 1, amazing instruction from God, direct opposite. Then the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid or discouraged. Take all your fighting men and attack AI for I have what? How many should it take? What was the spice report? 3,000. How many? All. And attack AI. But if he had done that in the first place, would there be a need for the defeat? Totally not. Totally not. Totally not. Amazing. Amazing. You know, and sometimes when I read the scriptures, I'm like, ah, God. Must you emphasize this? You know, the Bible says they were soundly defeated. As in, they were thoroughly whooped. If you want to use that. They flogged them thoroughly. And this were the people of God. They, you know, and, and they had everything going. 
Don't assume that because you are born again, you can live your life recklessly, do anything you want to do, take any decision you want to take, and you think everything is just going to work out because you have made the decision. No. It doesn't work that way. And when it gets to verse 7, then Joshua cried out, Oh, sovereign Lord, why did you bring us across this Jordan if you are going to let the Amorites kill us? You know, God always takes the flag. If only we had been content to stay on the other side. If only we had been content to stay on the other side. And that's the mistake a lot of us make. Personally, sometimes I struggle with that and we, we have to overcome it. God wants you to stand tall here and now. God wants you to stand up. Stand tall where? Here and now. In that situation you find yourself. Pastor, you don't know how messy it is. Exactly. That is where God wants you to stand up and stand tall. Oh, Pastor, you know, it's so tough. You are in the right place. Say to your neighbor, you are in the right place. All this pressure, you are in the right place. God wants you to stand tall here and now. So most people deal with discontentment by living in the future. But when they get to the future and it doesn't measure up with the expectation, they run back to the past. <laughs> A little girl... Instead of just enjoying a childhood, some little girls, they push out their breasts, their chest. They don't have any breasts yet, but they are doing like this. Didn't you all do that? They are doing like this. <laughs> cool down. This thing is going to grow. In fact, you'll be carrying it all the days of your life. I'll be wondering what kind of body is this. And when you get there, you want to be, you want to be CC quickly, CC quickly. You know what CC is? When you get there, you're like, oh, the days I was a little girl. And it doesn't measure up. We have single people that all they want to do is get married. 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 Cool down. You will get married. But stand tall where you are. And when they get married... They're like, ah, pastor, I was better off single. <laughs> they want to be single. Why? Because the expectation of the future, can you put up that quote again? The expectation of the future does not match up. Does not match up. Does not match up. With... What they had envisioned. So the convenient thing is to what? <laughs> if only we had stayed on the other side. You know, I call it the fantasy of the other side. It's also known as the green grass syndrome. It's the fantasy of the other side. Oh, that business is better than my own business. Who says? Oh, that lawn is greener than our own lawn. Who says? Like someone says, the, the, the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where it is watered. It's not greener on the other side. So we, we sometimes live in a perpetual state of lack of contentment 
where we, where we are not standing tall where we are and we are just desiring what we don't have when we think we have that thing and it doesn't measure up. We are desiring where we used to come back from, where we used to be and it's just a mess and people just live their lives not really living fully. So rather than dealing with the reality of the present, we are, we are quick to revert to the fantasy of the past. Rather than dealing with the reality of the present, we, we, are, we are quick to revert to the fantasy of the past. Oh, if I had been content on the other side. What was on the other side of Jordan? What exactly? Think about it. What was on the other side of Jordan? The wilderness. Suffering. Aimlessly. Just going around and around the circle. That was what was on the other side of And that was what Joshua was saying. If that would have been better. Really. Joshua, really, it would have been better. And many times, you know, we, we, there's, I've said it time and time again. There's no human being on earth, on this planet earth, that doesn't have a problem. If you look at your life now, you say, oh, pastor, but I am different. I don't have a problem. Don't worry. One is knocking on the door. So problems are not a problem. <laughs> problems are not a problem. In fact, when you go from one level to another level, you find different types of problems. The problem a single girl faces is different from the problem a married woman faces. Yeah. New level, new devil. The point is this. Stop lusting after the past. Stop lusting after what is not obtainable in your life. Deal with the realities. A lot of, listen, a lot of marriages are in serious trouble. You know why? Not in this church, in Jesus' name. Say amen, say amen, say amen. People are saying in their hearts, ah, if only I had married Chinedu. Uh, you're in your marriage, but you're thinking, ah, if I'm married, uh, that's other guy, ah, that one used to buy gift too. This one is tight-fisted. <laughs> or if I'd married that lady, I should have married her. Ah, she's better behaved. Then you keep checking her Facebook profile. I'm looking for trouble. <laughs> Say to your neighbor, get up and face reality. Because that is where God wants you to stand up and raise your head. I know a man that has said to me, oh, pastor, ah, you know, I'm coloring it now. This, his wife has two children, a boy and a girl. And it for one reason, he already wanted to have like six, seven children. And the lady that he dated before had five children. I said, Pastor, that, that could have been me. True life story. It will have been me, Pastor.
Jack your neighbor, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. <laughs> Stop reverting to the fantasy of the past. God wants you to stand tall where you are. Where you are. Verse 11, Israel has sinned. This is what God said. Israel has sinned and has broken my covenant. That is why Israel, the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. You will stand and prevail over your enemies. In the mighty name of Jesus. This is why they could not stand. And you see, if you look at, if you heard the word obeisance, obeisance, obeisance is gotten from the word obedience. Obeisance simply means the gesture expressed, gesture expressing differential respects, such as a bow. That's obeisance. You pay obeisance to someone by if, if, when you, you know, just expressing differential respect. To bow. So, obedience to God is paying obeisance to God. When we, when we bow to God, when we Bow to him. We are obeying him. When we obey him, we are bowing to him. Obedience to God is bowing to God. Obedience to God is bowing to God. And, you know, like you must have heard this before, that if you bow to God, you will stand before any enemy. Right? You've heard that before. If you bow before God, you will stand before any enemy. But if you don't bow before God, the converse is also true. You will not be able to stand before your enemies. Sin is disobedience to God. Sin is, is not bowing to God. Sin is saying, is saying, this is what God wants. But I am not going to do that. I, I, my life, my rules. Have you heard that before? My life, my rules. Really? Your life, your rules. Really? It's your life. And it's amazing how we think that we own anything. Amazing. You don't own anything. I don't own anything. Even your life does not belong to you. Praise the Lord. So, so God says to them, give them an instruction and they sin and they broke the covenant and God is saying, stop crying, stop weeping, stop asking me foolish questions, that why shouldn't you, why couldn't we have stayed in Jordan over on the other side of Jordan the reason you are not able to stand is because you have broken the covenant and every life has a covenant there's a general covenant, but everyone should locate their covenant with God. I can't even begin to get into that right now. God is saying to you, my hand is not short to save. 
there is an insulation. You know, someone once asked me a question a long time ago. I didn't know the answer. Obviously, the Holy Spirit gave me the answer right there and then. I didn't even know it was the Holy Spirit that gave me the answer. When I said the answer, I knew it was the Holy Spirit because I said, no, Femi, you didn't know that before now. The person said, said to me, he asked a question, this is about 10 years ago. He says, can, um, if I don't evangelize, will I go to hell? You know, you know when people ask those kind of questions, you know, they are hidden things. I said, why? I, 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 I'm not sure I know the answer to that. He says, uh, because uh, the Holy Spirit has been telling him to talk to someone about Jesus. He doesn't want the person to go to heaven because he knows if he preaches to the person, the person will get saved and go to heaven. But he wants the person to suffer for his sins. <laughs> so he says, you know, it's not new. It's not the first person that thinks like that. You know Jonah? That was Jonah's problem too. So, so he, says, he, says, he says, Pastor, if I... Sorry, I wasn't for Pastor. He says, so, Femi, if... If, if I don't evangelize, will I go to hell? So I said, why? So he now told me that God is telling him, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. But will I go to hell? I, want to, I just want to know. If, if I won't go to hell, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you know, and the answer that, he, that came out of my mouth was profound. You know, and I said to him that if you don't evangelize, you won't go to hell. On the surface. But that thing that made you disobey God can and will take you to hell. People argue about tithing. People argue about many things. If I don't tithe, will I go to hell? No. But that thing in you that is so stubborn, that is, can make you look God in the face and do your own thing, will take you to hell. So when I said it, I was like, wow, that was, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. <laughs> but it was not me. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Obey God. Just obey God. When you obey God, you are... Obeisance. You are saying to God, Ranka Dede. That's why Jesus said, these people, they draw near to me with their lips. But their heart is far away from me. So what has he told you to do? What has God told you to do? Do it. What has you want? What has he warned you from doing? What has he warned you from doing? Don't do it. Please say to your neighbor, even if you don't speak your say, my don't woo. <laughs> try, 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 try. Say, 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 my don't woo. It means don't try, don't do it. So what part of your life are you unwilling to defer to God? What is the thing that you own in your life? It could, it could even be an accursed physical thing. Some of us have regalias of secret cause. We refuse to let it go. Oh, now you, you just, just, just hold it as a uh, souvenir. Souvenir for what? You don't need that souvenir. So, and if you look closely at, at what they did wrong, so, you know, sometimes when you read the word of God, I'm like, ah, one man, everybody say one man. 
just one man took their casting and the whole nation suffered. I've heard people say that, you know, personally, I mean, I don't, I don't even meddle into people's businesses. But on some levels, your business is my business. And my business is your business. I've heard pastors say, oh, it doesn't matter what happened to me. You know, no, no, it matters what happened to you as a pastor. It affects your congregation, obviously. Praise the name of the Lord. There are some things that are communal. That are just communal. With God. And interestingly, tithing is communal. Did you know that? He says, you have robbed me. You, this whole nation. I'm sure at least one priest is paying his tithe. I'm sure, I mean, so I, I'm sure someone is paying. I'm sure it's not the whole nation. But God saw the whole nation and says, you guys are robbers. Jonah, one person, was in a boat. Was in a, was in a boat. The whole boat was going to capsize. The whole ship was going to capsize. Some things are communal. That's why <laughs> you cannot say to your brother, it doesn't matter how he lives his life, well, it's not my business, so ah, it is your business. Not because you want to run his life, but because he's your brother, it is your business. So, taking a closer look at what did they even do? Did Israel do? Verse 11, it says, they, they, how many people stole the accosting? One man, Achan. What did God say? They. I've stolen some of the things. The first one, not this one. They have stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set aside. Now, God is saying, set aside for who? For me, for himself. They have stolen some of the things. It's just the one before that one. Thank you. They have stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set aside for me. Now, I talked about personal covenant. There are certain things in my life that is between me and God that God requires of me to set aside for him that he hasn't asked you to set aside for him. Do you understand? So, for me, I must not erode that thing. I mustn't. And you need to find out what it is for you. And for us, we talked about um, um, previously Eden, Adam, Eve. Adam, God gave them a fantastic garden. And God says, this tree set aside. Eat everything but don't touch this tree. Did you know that, I'm sure you must have heard that story. That was the tree they went to eat. Have you heard that story before? The one God said, don't. God, 
blesses us and he says to us, don't eat one-tenth of your income. It's mine. And we're like, eh, how? Why? <laughs> you know, I was listening to a podcast, you know, and this entrepreneur, solid guy, he's done very well for himself. <laughs> he was He started off early. He became a multimillionaire in, by 22 or something. And he lost everything by 27. In fact, it, didn't, it, didn't, it wasn't in zero. It was in negative. <laughs> but he came back. And today, he's much more wealthy than he, than he was. And his story was... There's so much to learn from it. But the guy kept saying, I'm a self-made millionaire. I'm a self-made millionaire. And I laughed. I'm like, there's no such thing as a self-made millionaire. But I listened to the story and I learned what I needed to learn, right? But even in that story, I could see how God helped him. How did his Lord turn around? He went to a place, he saw a man, and the man did something in his industry. And he was like, wow, can you do that? He never knew someone could do that. The man said, yes, come, let me show you. And the man showed him, and his lot turned around. And he would say he was a self-made. Who, who, who orchestrated that man's steps? Who made him willing to share the information? How foolish are we? Many times. Even your body is not your own. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not yours. You can't just sleep with whoever you want to sleep with. No, you cannot. Everyone say, my body belongs to God. Do I get an amen? amen. Verse 11. Let's go on. And they have not only stolen them, but they have lied about it and hidden the things among their own belongings. You see, it's amazing. You could almost hear God's pain reading. Feel God's pain reading this. They have not only stolen them, they've hidden it. They have lied about it. You see, one of your greatest assets in your work with God is your sincerity. In fact, that's one of your greatest assets. In your work with God is your sincerity. If you've done something, which is why, back to David, David is just amazing. If you don't just say, ah, have mercy on me, oh God. Lord, you shall do for me. Just ask for mercy. Stop hiding. In fact, Jesus could relate to every kind of sinners. Even when he was dying, there was a sinner by his side. By his side that says, you know, you know that story? And Jesus still had mercy on him. 
The only group of people Jesus couldn't stand are hypocrites. Jesus could stand any, he could stand prostitutes. A prostitute was coming and kissing his leg. Jesus did not kick her away. Imagine. If you come to the church office and you see a lady prostitute kissing pastor's leg, what would you say? Pastor, pastor. You know, <laughs> I'm just following Jesus. I'm joking. <laughs> but the point is this. Jesus could even tolerate that. That people were saying, if this man were a prophet, will he not even know that this woman is a sinner? Jesus didn't mind. The only group of people Jesus could not stand are hypocrites. Hypocrites. People that will hide their sins. People that will lie about their sins. People that are crafty and cunning. He couldn't stand them. People that will come and tell you one thing. You know, it happens to me many times. As a pastor, you know, and you're like, ah, you're saying one thing, but you're hearing another thing. Such people, I just smile. I don't even bother anymore. When I was younger, I used to, I used to confront them and tell them the truth. Many of them will cry. Many of them tell me the truth. Now, come and tell me. I'm tired of fighting such people. Sam Chand said to us, when you mess up, you fess up. When you mess up, you fess up. Everybody messes up one time or the other. But when you mess up, you what? You fess up. So please let me say to your neighbor again, you need to stop hiding. You need to come clean. In verse 12, I mean, this scripture is just totally loaded. The Bible is just totally loaded, totally loaded. In verse 12, the word of God says, this is why the Israelites are running from their enemies. In defeat, therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. Get up. Command the people to purify themselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, God of Israel, is saying. Hidden among you, O Israel, are things set apart for the Lord. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. I'm praying that you will defeat your enemies. In the mighty name of Jesus there are some things that you need to remove from among you, from your life, for that to happen. There are some things. Don't believe a lie. One of the greatest lies that has hit the church today is you don't really need to repent. Once you are saved, you know, the blood of Jesus. Just continue. God loves you with an everlasting love, which is true. There's nothing you can do again. There's nothing more that I can do. Jesus did it all. It twisted. It's a big lie. Don't bite the lie. Repentance always comes before refreshing. Repentance 
always comes before refreshing. Repentance. Everybody say repentance. Always comes before refreshing. Until you remove these things from among you, says the Lord, you will not be able to stand. But since you are going to stand, that thing needs to be removed. And it will be in Jesus' name. Acts 3, 19 and 20. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins might be wiped away. Then the times of refreshing will come. From where? Then. Repent. Then. Repentance, I've explained, is turning around. Changing course. Confession is not repentance. Confession is acknowledging and verbally owning up. That's confession. But confession is the beginning of repentance, but confession is not repentance. Start with confession, but repent. What is repentance? You change course. Illustration again. If you are going, this is VI, this is Ekwe, right? Help out my bearings, right? This is VI, right? And this is Ekwe. Hopefully. If it's not, then it is. For this illustration. You want to go to VI, for instance. But you are on this road. And you are going, and you are going, and you are going. If nothing happens, where will you end up? You don't need to be a prophet to know that. Now, all of a sudden, you see a sign. 10 kilometers to a point, you say, ah, I'm in the wrong direction. That's confession. But you have a choice. You can confess it. I'm going in the wrong direction and keep going. Where will you still end up? But if you Recognize it and confess. I'm in the wrong direction. And you take a U-turn. Then you're going. Where, where, where are you going to end up? That's repentance. It has nothing to do with your value. Your value is secured in God. Repentance has everything to do with where you end up. There are a lot of valuable people in hell. I, I had this illustration from a, a, a college professor in the U.S. years ago. Very powerful illustration. And you, you probably have heard, I've, I've heard it before, but I want to apply it to, to repentance. The man held up a $100 Notes, Bill. And he did this illustration. But since we don't spend dollars, what do we spend? Naira. Let's do the illustration with Naira. <laughs> Where's my 1,000? Okay, 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 I'm fine. Okay. <clears throat> Who wants this? Who wants it? Okay, fine. Good. Good. I'm going to give someone at the end of the day. But just watch. This is 1,000 naira. Right? 
If I tear it, will you still want it? These people, you, hey, go, hey, go, eh. <laughs> How do they say this? <laughs> people like money, oh. Okay, what if I, I rumple it? Do you still want it? Come on. What if I put it on the floor and I match it? Do you still want it? What if I use it to... Uh, To clean something. Do you still want it? What if I flush it down the toilet? Would you still want it? Okay, this thing is down the toilet. Do you still want it? It's been down the toilet. Do you still want it? You will dry it. Really? Sharp, sharp. <laughs> and the professor said, whatever happened to these notes, squeezed, rumpled, stepped upon, does not affect the value. Whatever has happened to you, you have been abused, you have been slapped, they've marched upon you, men have trodden over your head, it doesn't affect your value in, in the eyes of God. It doesn't affect your value. What repentance does is cleans you up, straightens you out. If you have been torn, puts you together again and heals you again. So that you can end up in the right place. Ah, you better come and collect your. <laughs> That's what repentance does. That's nothing to do with your value. Don't buy the lie that you don't need to repent. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads as we pray. I don't know what God is saying to you today that you need to repent of. What do you need to get rid of? What regalia? What item? What has God told you that you need to do? If you bow to God, you will stand tall before your enemies. But if you don't bow to God, you will not be able to stand before your enemies. I want to pray for two categories of people this morning. You are here. You are like, I'm like that 1,000 I know pastor. I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot. But I want to repent today. I want to come to Jesus. You've never given your life to Jesus. You want to surrender to Jesus. Now you can see. Or you used to be born again. You're 
Pastor, I need to be put straight. I need to be healed. I've been torn. I've been broken. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. You don't need to come forward wherever you are seated. Put up your hand now over your head. God bless you. Put up your hand. Put up your hand well. God bless you, sir. Over there. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. At that corner. God bless you. That is me. That is me. I've, I've, God bless you over there. God bless you right there. Another hand over there. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. That is me, Pastor. I've been through so much. God bless you, my brother. Over there. Over there. God bless you, my sister. Right here. I've been torn. I've been battered. I've been stepped upon. I've been trampled upon. Help from above. It's coming your way. I want to repent. I want to change course. God bless you. God bless you. Put up that hand. God bless you. Right there. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Even right now, those of us who are saved, you are born again, you have been touching the accursed thing, the things that God has set aside for himself. You have made it yours. God is saying to you. I need you to stand tall. But you need to let it go. Why don't you talk to God? You don't need to lift up your hand. You are saved. But surrender it to God. Even right now. If you are online, you can do the same. Anybody else here that needs to... I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Before we pray, you want to put up that hand and we'll pray wherever you are seated. Father in heaven, we pray for everyone that has received you today. And I think we should all say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Cleanse me. Receive me. Restore me. Heal me, refresh me, and let your name be glorified. Lord, we pray for everyone. We ask that you change every life to the praise and glory of your name. Cleanse everyone totally. Straighten us out, Lord. Let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give out to you, Lord. Honor and glory we give out to you. In Jesus' name. Unfailing name we are prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord.